Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. And remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can always check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I'm joined by both of my co-hosts this week, Maggie Loney and Andrew Mertig. I finally decided to show up as well, so the gang's all here, and we are back for another Friday edition of the podcast. How are you guys doing? Yeah, we're back together for one week until I go on vacation very selfishly, um, <laughs> and unfortunately won't fit my microphone in my car that will also contain everything in my house necessary <laughs> for a six-month-old to travel. And Andrew's getting married, so if you're listening yes. to this on June 9th, um, that following Saturday, June 17th, Andrew is getting married, so blow him up on Twitter, please, with congratulations, because that's very exciting. It is. I was planning on not telling anybody. <laughs> we, we, we're going to record an episode next week and just pretend like everything is normal. Yeah. No. No. Okay. okay. Well, I'm, I am excited uh, to be back as a trio, even if it's, like, short-lived, because I think, you know, football season kind of right around the corner, and then we will be back in full force, and... Uh, you know, I said last week was kind of missing Kyle. Well, this week he came in and screwed up the intro immediately. So I'll that's get to true. edit that out later. So that's <laughs> great. And it's nice to be back because like again. literally nothing has changed. It's true. Yeah. I took a, a month off and I can't I can't do it anymore, guys. I've just fallen off. So, um, well, it is good to be back. And we do have some football to talk about. It's off season, but we love this time of year. So uh, got some news today, actually. The Vikings have informed running back Dalvin Cook of his release. Cook is set to be a free agent now. Adam Schefter is reporting that the Broncos and Dolphins are teams to watch, as both organizations have been monitoring the Dalvin Cook situation the last several weeks. This isn't really a huge surprise. We kind of expected that Cook might be on the move, whether by trade or by release. But obviously, Cook has a lot of star power and has been a big contributor to the Vikings here in the NFC North for a long time. What are you guys' thoughts on Cook probably no longer in the division and definitely not with the Vikings? 
Yeah, we talked about this a little bit on the Vikings preview last week. And if it does happen, which it sounds like by all accounts, it will for sure happen, then there's certainly a significant loss there for that roster, even if they think that Alexander Madison can be the featured back there. I mean, Cook has made the Pro Bowl the last four seasons, finished 2022 playing all 17 games for the first time in his career, 10 touchdowns, 1,400 yards from scrimmage. So those are some big cleats to fill. Yeah, I think Cook can be an impact player somewhere else. I had floated the idea that maybe the Cowboys would be an intriguing option where him and Tony Pollard could probably split being healthy for eight games a season each (laughs) with very complimentary skill sets. But like he's a guy that's going to be in demand and at 27 years old still probably has a lot of tread on the old tires or cleats, uh, as Maggie just (laughs) pointed out. But What's really interesting about this is the direction the Vikings are taking, because last week when we did the the breakdown of their offseason, I kind of applauded like the Vikings are realizing where they are in their life cycle instead of dwelling on finishing in first place in the North last season. They're looking at this as kind of a soft reset, take a step back, take a step forward. But I don't know what the point of this move was. I, 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 I don't necessarily hate it, but if you're doing this to create cap space, what are you creating it for? Um, and the Vikings seem to be doing a little bit more of a teardown than we had anticipated with the jettison of both Zadarius Smith and now Delvin Cook. So, um, you know, maybe they're hitting that reset button a little harder than, than we had anticipated that they would. And Danielle Hunter is also on the trade block by all accounts. So, like, there may be more dominoes to fall here. This may just be the beginning. Yeah, that's definitely a fascinating one and definitely something to watch out for. Uh, But we will transition into today's episode. And we are back for, I believe, the fourth year in a row with the series where we are focusing not on what the Packers did this offseason, but what their rivals did. So the Packers obviously play six games a year against division rivals. And so we thought we would... You know, it would be worth our time to put these three NFC North teams under the microscope and talk about their free agent additions and their losses, their draft picks, and then discuss whether they got better or worse. So over the last two weeks, we discussed the Lions and the aforementioned Vikings. So go check those episodes out if you're interested in hearing about their roster changes and what we thought about it. But today we're discussing the state of the Chicago Bears. And uh, we always start with coaching. Really not much to talk about here. No major changes. Matt Eberflus back as head coach. Luke Getzke Getzke is the offensive coordinator. And Alan Williams is defensive coordinator. All in their second season. And not really a lot of turnover, even in their lower coaching ranks. So uh, we kick right over into free agency additions. Yeah, and the Bears entered free agency with a healthy amount of cash to work with. So we expected some movement here. And they did make some moves. They brought in linebacker Tremaine Edmonds from Buffalo, linebacker T.J. Edwards from Philly, defensive end Rasheem Green from Houston, defensive end Demarcus Walker from the Titans, defensive tackle Andrew Billings from the Raiders, and then some interesting depth on the offensive side of the ball. They brought in P.J. Walker from Carolina, not Philip Walker, if you ask Andrew. Running back Travis Homer from the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, running back Deonta Foreman, Carolina Panther, tight end Robert Tunyon from your Packers is now a Chicago Bear, guard Nate Davis from the Titans. And of course, this isn't really a free agent transaction, but we can't not mention the DJ Moore 
coming to Chicago as a part of that deal that landed the Panthers with the first overall pick in the draft. So the Bears making several additions throughout free agency, but arguably their biggest splash might have been addition via trade with uh, DJ Moore. Yeah, so I mean, the Bears were the big spenders, I think, in free agency this year, one of the big spenders. And I think the moves made sense for what they were trying to do. You know, I don't know if Tremaine Edwin. Tremaine Edmonds or TJ Edwards are better than Roquan Smith, but if you pair them together, they at least make a nice tandem to kind of build the rest of that defense around, knowing that Smith probably wanted out of Chicago anyway. So no significant loss there. Demarcus Walker coming off his best season as a pro with Tennessee, so he'll have a chance to kind of make an immediate impact opposite Travis Gibson and the revamped interior of that defensive line. Running back signings make sense from a depth perspective, I think, with David Montgomery being you know, going with the Lions. But the backfield almost certainly belongs to Khalil Herbert and Rashawn Johnson at this point, who we'll talk about a little bit later. And I think Tanyan is a nice tight end, too, obviously, to complement Cole Komet. Gives Fields two tight ends to work with in 12 and 22 personnel. But you said it, Kyle. I mean, the biggest addition here is DJ Moore, who immediately becomes wide receiver one, becomes just a supreme weapon for Justin Fields. And if you assume that Chase Claypool can get back to that billing as a former second round pick, then the trio of Moore, Claypool, and Darnell Mooney is actually pretty nice. Absolutely. And the Bears did have a ton of cap space to to work with this offseason. And they chose to re-sign very few players, the list of which is headlined by wide receiver Dante Pettis and quarterback Nathan Peterman, neither of which is necessarily expected to make the roster. So uh, bad teams don't typically have a lot of players to re-sign, which is good news. Um, But when Kyle and I broke down what this offseason could look like for the Bears, we thought it was Almost a shoe in that David Montgomery would be back, but given the money that the Lions gave him, clearly the Bears didn't feel like he was worthy um, of that kind of contract, and they just moved on and went with some cheaper options, as Maggie had alluded to. Yeah, so I mean, talking about those free agent losses, obviously David Montgomery, kind of the the top of the list, tackle Riley Reef uh, went to the Patriots, Nicholas Moreau, the inside linebacker, went to Philly. Uh, center Sam Mustafer went to Baltimore and then defensive end Angelo Blackson went to Baltimore. So a lot of depth pieces there kind of rounding out that uh, free agency losses. Yeah. Like Andrew said, this is a rebuilding team. They're not in a huge rush to re-sign their average talent. They'd much rather get younger, save that money. So guys like Riley Reef, Monty, Nicholas Morrow, all those guys provide value to an NFL team, but they're kind of league average players at their position. So it doesn't really make sense for Chicago to make a strong push to bring those guys back, especially since they're probably a year or two away from their winning window opening, if all things go well. But I don't think the Bears will feel the loss of any of those players in a really significant way this coming season. Yeah, so they brought in a lot of players via free agency. And then, of course, they had a pretty big draft class as well. Just to recap, the Bears started off with the first overall pick uh, going into the offseason. And then they jumped down from one to nine in that huge trade. And then on draft day, they did let the Eagles uh, move up one spot. So the Bears did end up picking 10th. And there they took offensive tackle Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. They had two second rounders, Gervin Dexter, the defensive lineman from Florida, and Tyreek Stevens in the corner from Miami. They had uh, a third-round pick, Zach Pickens, the defensive lineman from South Carolina, two-fourths, Roshan Johnson, the running back from Texas, who we already mentioned, and wide receiver Tyler Scott from Cincinnati. 
Two fifth-rounders, Noah Sewell, the linebacker from Oregon, and then Terrell Smith, the corner from Minnesota, and two more seventh-rounders, Travis Bell, the defense lineman from Kennesaw State, and Kendall Williamson, a safety from Stanford. Hey, everybody. Here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game, and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses, and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly, and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them, and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I honestly don't love this class for the Bears, if I'm being completely honest. I thought Dexter, Stevenson, and Pickens were closer to third-round values than they were seconds, maybe not like late thirds, but like I just didn't love them in the, in the pick spots where the Bears were selecting. Obviously, they liked them a lot more than I did, but to me, this comes down to Darnell Wright. I like Wright a lot. I was going to be happy if he was the selection for the Packers where they were selecting, but the Bears pass up on a lot of talented players to take their guy and right. So they need him to come in and be an above average starter to really justify their process, I think. I think they got some steals in guys like Roshan Johnson and Tyler Scott early on day three. So I like parts of this draft class, but this isn't a draft class that I feel like on the surface feels like it's going to be that catalyst that the Bears needed to just jump over the hump and become a serious contender in a few years. I don't know if I see that kind of future impact when I look at this class. So I think that's interesting because I'm going to disagree just slightly and say that outside of the Packers draft class, which I thought Green Bay absolutely nailed, 
this definitely was my favorite class, I think, of the NFC North. And I do agree that Wright absolutely needs to be a day one stud to justify passing up on arguably their biggest position of need in Jalen Carter. But I think Dexter and Pickens kind of will be a reliable interior tandem to pair with that free agent acquisition of Andrew Billings. Set it on our draft show, but I think Rashawn Johnson might be my favorite pick of their class. I think he's such a steal at running back, and he's going to push for playing time immediately, especially knowing what that room looks like. And you've got Noah Sewell, who can maybe take up the reins in a couple years, and but won't be pushed into starting action because of who they signed in free agency. So I think there's a lot of nice depth coming from this class, which is unfortunate for you know fans of opposing teams. But I think the Bears are doing a nice job with the way they're trying to kind of rebuild that roster. Yeah, and so now we jump into the part of the show where we go over the Bears' depth chart and so how these changes that we just talked about are going to impact who's on the field for Chicago in the upcoming season. And a quarterback, of course, Justin Fields, who's kind of the highlight of this team um, and where they're headed probably has a lot to do with how Justin Fields does develop from year two to three. He is backed up by PJ Walker at running back. There's a whole heck of a lot of depth there. Dante Foreman, Khalil Herbert, Roshan Johnson, Travis Homer, uh, running backs for days and days at wide receiver, DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, Equinemius St. Brown, Tyler Scott, Dante Pettis, uh, Valus Jones Jr. sliding down that depth chart. Not great for somebody who is like a 46 year old rookie. Um, and then at tight end, you have Cole Komet, who is turning into a really nice player. And then the aforementioned Robert Tunyon. Uh, at offensive line, Braxton Jones really settled in that left tackle spot towards the end of last year. Tevin Jenkins at left guard, Cody Whitehair at center, Nate Davis at right guard. And then Darnell Wright is slotted in as starting right tackle. That seems on paper at least to be a pretty decent offensive line, certainly the best one that Justin Fields has had. But then you take a look at the depth there. Uh, Larry Borum at tackle. Uh, probably pretty serviceable as a swing tackle, backup tackle. Uh, Lucas P- Patrick on the interior, but then the rest of that depth, oof, Kellen Deesh, Jatire Carter, Dieter, I-C-A-N. I've never heard that name before in my life. Uh, so definitely some questionable depth, which is interesting because that has been a theme so far in the NFC North. And, you know, in fairness, not a lot of it, like teams have good depth at offensive line, but in comparison with the Packers, you know, that's, that's a nice thing to have in a very long NFL season. So any, any thoughts on that offensive breakdown? My quick thought looking at this depth chart was that I forgot that Alex Leatherwood was on the bears. <laughs> that's my takeaway from this. <laughs> oh, he's I, way down the depth chart. I didn't even yeah. get to him. Yeah. yeah. I, actually, I forgot Lucas Patrick was on this team and I, I knew it, you know, when they, Brought him over from Green Bay. I remember that now, but I forgot. But how do you not know Dieter Eiselin? Yeah, Eiselin. I, like I mean, I, I, <laughs> I don't think I could have butchered that name any worse. I don't uh, know. But any actual thoughts on what the Bears' offense might look like? I think the wide receiver room is going to be really interesting to watch because obviously I've been a big DJ Moore fan for a long time, and I'm you know I'm excited to see him get an opportunity. I'm not sure that. The, Chicago is necessarily the best fit for him with the way that Justin Fields is going to run that offense. I think he'll be a great player for them, but maybe in, I don't know. It'll just be interesting to see how the offense runs through Fields' legs versus his his arm. But I think with the pieces of Darnell Mooney there, they add in some Tyler Scott. I don't really have a lot of high upside hopes for Claypool, but there are pieces there 
that I think could make this a more dynamic offense than we've seen for Chicago in a long time. We'll see if that comes to fruition, but I think the pieces are there now. Dieter Iceland actually played in 11 games for the Bears last year, and it's his birthday on Saturday. So, oh, <laughs> yeah, just, you know. Happy birthday, Dieter. Yeah, we are finding out all sorts of things today. 11 uh, games. Taking a look at the Bears' depth chart on defense, uh, they are projected to be running a base 4-3, so that's how I'll talk about it. But, of course, we'll get into their defensive back depth here as well. Uh, across the defensive line, you have Travis Gibson and Demarcus Walker on the edges, backed up by Dominique Robinson, who had a really impactful, kind of splashy rookie season, uh, if not necessarily consistent, Rasheem Green. And then on the interior, you have free agent acquisition, Andrew Billings, Justin Jones, and then the two young guys, Zach Pickens and Gervin Dexter, who we think will play a lot, but are listed as backups uh, there. So uh, certainly a lot of depth along the line, maybe not a lot of top-end talent. At linebacker, uh, this is certainly where the Bears are hoping to make their money on defense. You have Tremaine Edmonds in the middle, TJ Edwards and Jack Sanborn. Uh, flanking them with the backup Noah Sewell, Dylan Cole, Sterling Weatherford. So uh, some top-end talent there, some solid depth. At corner, the Bears have Jalen Johnson. Rookie Tyreek Stevenson is currently listed as a starter. That's interesting. Kyler Gordon, uh, who looked pretty good as a young player. Kendall Vildor, a veteran. And then at safety, Jaquan Brisker, Eddie Jackson, uh, and some very questionable depth. Yeah, I, I was just sitting here looking through those names again because I was looking for the name that would pop. Like, who is the impact player? And you mentioned the linebackers, and I think that's where the hope is. But I'm like, I'm trying to be neutral, right? Like, as a Packers fan, like, of course I want the Packers to beat up on this defense. But, like, I feel like they could. Like, And that's with Jordan Love as quarterback and the weapons that they have. Like, this could be still where the Bears take a whooping is that this defense just can't can't keep up with other offenses, especially outside of Green Bay. You think about like Justin Jefferson and you think about what Detroit's putting together. Like this defense does not look like they're they're up for the task. But um, let's talk about this. Did the Bears get better or worse? I think they got a little bit better, but I think we expected them to get a little bit better than they did, or at least I did. They entered this offseason with a ton of cap space and Andrew Billings and two off-ball linebackers is probably not how I would have chosen to invest in the free make free agent market that existed. Um, I was surprised they didn't make a bigger splash at corner either in the draft or in free agency in some way. Um, I know that they took Tyreek Stevenson in the second round, but I feel like Stevenson was more of a developmental player for me when I looked at him in the draft process than someone that you can kind of take in the second round and expect to start right away. But it's interesting that, like you said, as a rookie, Tyreek Stevenson is listed here ahead of Kyler Gordon on this depth chart, which seems kind of unprecedented and kind of, I don't know, speaks to where Kyler Gordon may be in his development. It just feels odd that they would expect him to come in and start right away. And maybe they won't. Maybe that's just a who knows kind of listing in this in this depth chart right now. We'll see what happens there. But Kyler Gordon and Jalen Johnson need to take a big step forward in 2023, or this secondary could absolutely be a weakness for this football team. I do, however, think the offense did get better. I think that the list of valid excuses for Justin Fields is just kind of slowly disappearing. The offensive line should be better. DJ Moore is a huge addition. I think he's going to be a really fun piece for this team, a legit wide receiver one, and we should see some dynamic results from that. Um, I do think we're going to get a nice little matchup between Jair and Moore a couple times a year, so that's going to be fun to watch. 
But to answer the question, I think the Bears should be improved from what they were in 2022. But I just think I had higher expectations for their offseason. Uh, I think we'll see moderate improvement, but especially on the offensive side of things. Yeah, I mean, I think you made a really good point when you said you're looking for the names that jump out. And to me, it's the names that were already there, like Eddie Jackson. Okay, I know he was injured for some of last season. Like, you hope that he when healthy can be the player that he was Jaquan Brisker had a nice rookie season. You hope he can build on that. So nice safety tandem, but you're kind of questioning the depth there or, you know, what some of these other rooms look like. And yeah, I I agree with you that I just don't think that there is a ton like jumping out at you as these are going to be the stars. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Andrew and I talked about this with the Vikings and with the lions, like there are players like Aiden Hutchinson for the lions that you Mm -hmm. just know they are going to be a cornerstone of your franchise. And, I think this defense is kind of lacking that player right now, but mm-hmm. I do agree that I think the team did get better, but I wouldn't be shocked, obviously, if they still finish last in the NFC North. And I think we've said it in every preview so far, but the North is just wide open this year. And, you know, maybe the Bears can be the team that puts it all together. They've got Justin Fields and they've got new pieces. So maybe they can be contenders in the North or at least kind of contending for a wild card spot. But We've talked about it. Nine wins could win you the division this year, Um, but I don't think the team maybe has a high ceiling by any stretch. You know, I think nine wins kind of feels like their absolute ceiling with everything falling their way. The same way we talked about the Vikings winning those close one score games last year. So I still personally think this roster is at least a couple years out from really competing, but they're certainly better off now than they were at this stage last year. Yeah, I I would agree with you. I think this is a team that has improved, but in a really weird way. They they invested heavily in their linebacking core. I, I do think their offense has a chance to be better. Their weapons are good. You know, DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney as a number two. It looks way better than Mooney as a one. Cole Komet continues to develop. And an improved offensive line with, I think, a really good core running backs. Their defense should, in theory, be better. But this was the worst team in the league last year. Like, there's no debating that. Their record was the worst in the league. And how much better did they really get? I, I think most of that is going to depend on internal improvement, especially Justin Fields. And that has to be a pretty bitter pill to swallow for a team entering the offseason with the most amount of cap space by a very, very large margin and the number one overall pick. And we're still talking about how good really are they? Like, where did they make the the improvements that are actually going to turn the tide? And as Packers fans, we're nervous about how this team is going to surround Jordan Love. And this is the year to test him out. Well, the, the Bears were supposed to do that last year with Justin Fields. And I think they kind of failed. Like, Justin Fields had a nice season from a, like, running standpoint. But, like, where is his development as a passer And for the Bears to take any sort of step going forward, he needs to develop in that area. And how much better are they? DJ Moore, good first step. I think their offensive line, good second step. But, like, how is this team going to compete? I'm not totally sure. I do think, like, I don't believe in putting floors of teams at, like, two or three wins unless you're the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I I think the Bears are kind of on that lower end. I, I think six wins is probably right around a, a good floor uh, with up to nine wins being kind of their ceiling. And of course, teams can over and underachieve depending on how weird things go. But um, that that's kind of where I see them. I, I think they're the favorite to finish fourth in the division, but could finish in some other places too. So um, 
The Packers, of course, do play the Bears twice. Really weird scheduling NFL because it's on week one and week 18. So opening and closing the season with the Bears. Green Bay is, of course, at Chicago to open the season on Sunday, September 10th. That is a 325 Central kickoff. And then on week 18, the Bears are in Green Bay to play at Lambeau Field on Sunday, January 7th at time to be determined. So those will be two very interesting matchups. I think the Packers are going to see two very different teams. Yeah. Uh, really excited a lot of uh, upbeat energy in week one, and we'll see if that carries through and if, if that week 18 game ends up meaning anything. That is all the time <laughs> that we have for today. This has been the Packer Day Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit, Maggie at Maggie J. Loney, and you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Remember to also follow at Packaday Podcast on Twitter. You can catch Kyle, Maggie, and myself every Friday. And next week we'll be back with a breakdown of some other Packers 2023 opponents. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember... Go Pack, go Pack!